Cinnabuds receive support from Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, I Care and I Wear. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies, buddies talking about cinema. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. I am Dory Zori from Radio Milwaukee. Yes, and together we are Cinnabuds. Cinnabuds. And this week on Cinnabuds, we are talking about the new film from director Emma Seligman called Bottoms. Tonight is our night. We're getting the cooch. I'm going to talk to Brittany. You can say hi to Isabel. What would I say? Hey, girl, how's your boyfriend? How's his penis? I'm going to expel you both for committing a crime against Jeff. Get out of the car. You can't tell me what to do. Get out of the freaking car. We're just practicing for a self-defense club. So it's like a fight club? Yes. Bottoms is a film. It's a teen film. It is a teen film. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Yeah. But it's a story I feel like you and I probably could maybe relate to in a small way. Heck yeah. Two kids <laughs> that maybe aren't the most, well, I had friends. Now I'm making us sound like we weren't popular in no, high school. we're very popular. <laughs> we're so popular. <laughs> two kids, two queer high school students start a fight club yeah. at school just to get the attention of some cheerleaders they have crushes on before they go away to college. So they could get some adult experience, exactly. shall I That's say? A very diplomatic way of saying it. <laughs> it's a great, it's like, an, I want to say another without diminishing it, but it's another one of those great coming of age high school movies that does have like common themes and formulas, but this one among many of the greats, has their own voice and perspective, which is really good. And it's very funny. It is so funny. I was laughing out loud in the movie theater um, with maybe half the other people were laughing out loud at the same time. I found myself trying to stifle a couple of my laughs because I wasn't sure. Um, But I just found it to be incredibly funny and clever. And you're right. I think it was written in a way that reminds me of like... Better Off Dead yeah. from my high school years, just kind of over the top, like farce about relationships. But yeah. like this stuff is traumatic when you're a kid and to tell oh, yeah. these stories with humor. Also a little bit of Heather's mixed in there, maybe. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You've got to have over the top emotions because you're in high school and that's all you have. Yeah. And you've got to have raunch because that's all you're thinking about mm-hmm. when you're that age. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to make your problem worse by communicating badly. Right. It's that's got pretty all- much, that's all movies though. If everyone communicated well, there'd be no movies. If you are a parent or a teacher of high school age kids, you know exactly what we're talking about. This movie (laughs) is for you. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Uh, The director previously did uh, Shiva Baby. Love that film. Which is so good. And working with uh, Rachel Sennett again in this one as one of the stars, as well as Ioetta Beery, who's from The Bear, and she's amazing. They're like the two focus of the film. And so it's a great cast. We will get into the details of what we loved. Yes. You know, I've got some fun Easter eggs, things I noticed that I want to oh. see if you noticed during the film. So if you want to hang out for the ride. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Wisconsin foodies. This is Tariq Moody of Radio Milwaukee. Join Milwaukee Magazine's food writer Ann Christensen and myself every Friday morning at 8 a.m. for This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with the local chef. 
Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Spice or listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Bottoms. Bottoms. I loved all of the writing in this, although I do have a sense. Did you get a sense that a lot of this was improvisation? Too? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. There's a definitely a vibe and a casual like like a casual tone sometimes where you're like, oh, this seems like conversational. And I was sticking around in the theater for the end credits where they did show a bunch of outtakes. Oh yeah, that's right. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. I always like that. It's interesting when I come across a new, like coming of age, high school, I'm about to go to college and we have to have sex now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, you'd think that formula or whatever you want to call it, would get old, but honestly, it would be so dishonest if it were anything else. Right. I mean, there's some that focus on like, oh, the pressure of going to college and like freedom of leaving your mm-hmm. hometown. The, obviously, those are there too. But when you're a teenager, hormones are raging. It's like first and foremost in most of your minds. All right, I gotta say right now, I did not care about that in high school. At yeah. least. Um, with boys in high school because I was in love with Duran Duran. So I always thought I was going to be Mrs. <laughs> Simon LeBond one day. That's so fair. I didn't care about sex that much, but crushes yeah. galore. Sure. Crushes galore. I will say also John Taylor, the bass player. Yes. That was one of the first uh, guys I had like a boy crush on. Yeah. Get it. Uh, like a, yeah. I was like, he makes me feel confused. <laughs> He's so pretty. Yeah. All right, so a surreal teen sex comedy, but you know it is rated R. But I think it was mostly for language. There wasn't like a lot of nudity. No. Also, probably rated R for violence. If you like action <laughs> that's movies, also true. this hat. I mean, they started a Fight Club, right? Yeah, and that's like the fun twist on this kind of movie too. Is that there's an added element that they decide that through kind of an accident, like she's making up an excuse for something she did on the fly. Right. That they're starting a fight club or slash self-defense class to keep to keep women safe against dudes. Right. And mostly the dudes of the rival football team that was coming to play like the homecoming game against their football team. So it was kind of like this whole big story was crafted around this fight club. And you get those like rumors that are so exaggerated like they killed people last year but it's interesting there's a moment it's very funny there's a moment towards the beginning where you realize the the humor in this film and the reality of this film is amped up yeah because there's a bunch of stuff that happens it's way over the top so you're like oh i see we're going next level this isn't like the most realistic right version this is like an amped up absurdist view of high school. I love those moments because as a watcher of the film, that gives my brain permission to know what lane we're going to stay in and (laughs) then really dig in the more absurd, the better. Because if they don't really give you that sense of what this film is about and then halfway through they try to be absurd, I have a hard time like switching tracks if my if I think the movie is supposed to be one thing and then suddenly it unfolds into something totally different. Yeah, they I've, did it early enough where you're like, okay, I get the tone now. Yeah, and yeah. You, these two women who are going on to their all-girls colleges, like, you're rooting for them. They've been friends since they were little, but they are both very, very different Yeah. on uh, how they want to... Um, and which, well, first of all, they each have a crush on a different cheerleader, which is good because yeah, best friends helpful. having a crush on the same cheerleader is... A recipe for a totally different kind of movie. Yeah. And they do have that uh, super bad 
archetype. You've mm-hmm. got the loud, crass one and the slightly shyer one. Yeah. Which is, isn't, I mean, way before Superbad, but that's the most recent example I have. Oh, yeah. Superbad's <laughs> a really good, if you like Superbad, you're probably going to love this too. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Marshawn Lynch? Yes, please, because he is, you always have, like in Barbie, it was like, Kate McKenna mm-hmm. and uh, and Michael Sarah, you those players that aren't like the leads. You always have that great character that you love in film like this. And Marshawn Lynch is obviously that one. Former NFL football player, won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks in 2013. Yeah. But in the last, I knew all that. I knew all those facts too. Facts, sports, facts <laughs> that you can find on the internet. But he's been in so much cool stuff lately. Yeah. Um, he was played himself a lot too. So um, we saw him recently as we were watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was yeah. in um, what is that show called? The League. The League. Yeah, he's in the League. Love the League. A Murderville, which was a very. Oh, Did you man. watch Murderville? No, I don't think so. It's where um, Will Arnett. And everyone on the yes. cast has like this crime they're supposed to that, solve, yeah. and everyone kind of knows what the crime is. But then they invite a celebrity in to play a part, and Marshawn Lynch is. Um, yeah, and it's improvised. Improvised. It's, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I didn't see that. Oh, That's what a hilarious. funny dude! What a cool second act of his career. Yeah, being in film and TV because he just he's not playing anyone but himself. Even as this character, a teacher, Mister right. G, there was so much. And this Marshawn is like the here. biggest like role he's had where he has a consistent role through the whole thing it gets funnier and funnier but he's one of those people that it doesn't matter what he says he's he's just funny mm-hmm. his just demeanor is funny so yeah he was a delight I think he grew up his whole life with people telling him how funny he was or do you think he oh. kind of came into that I guess more sports people would know I he has the confidence of somebody who kind of knows what he's doing yeah yeah, no, because even when you saw him on those previous TV appearances, he seemed seasoned. Like, he just seems like somebody who commits. Yeah. But yeah, he, he plays a, like a teacher and a, a history a, teacher. A history teacher and their sponsor for the Fight Club. He's so funny in it. Yeah, he's great. Um, I did read that almost everything that he said in the film was improvised by him. So there must have been some <laughs> leeway and sense. some play within this to take this very real, fun dialogue yeah. and then let the actors, you know, really lean into it. And what would this character, how would this character yeah. react to this situation that's ludicrous? Yeah, and you also, we saw in the at the end when they do the outtakes, he had like <laughs> three or four different versions for it's a bunch of the scenes. Locked with all yeah. alternative versions. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it was a great cast. I mean, it's it's like a whole new generation and mostly unknown or lesser known crew of younger actors coming in and doing this. So you've got Rachel Sennett, who's in Shiva Baby. Mm-hmm. She's been and she was in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Ayo Adabiri, who's in The Bear. Ruby Cruz, who also, she had a big part in Willow, the uh, TV series Willow. Well, I did not watch That's that yet. That's all I'm familiar with her okay. from. <laughs> but I was like, oh, she's from Willow. Ruby Cruz, which character did she play? She was the she was the awkward one who uh, told on her, told on her. Oh, the, yeah. Middle, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so she's been in some really good stuff. But yeah, there's a bunch of people I oh, didn't Hazel. recognize either. She played Yeah, Hazel. she played Hazel. And the guy who plays like the big, the star quarterback, oh Jeff. Oh I've never seen him before, but he was really funny. And he had such a, like a bit of a twist on the just big jock of the school. Yeah. Where he is an egomaniac, but he's also like very flamboyant. 
mm-hmm. and uh, like silly yeah and a little like squeamish and it's very it's a, like a fun take on that character a fun take on the big jock for yeah. sure he looked like he was having fun with it too it reminded me a little bit like how ryan gosling portrayed ken in the barbie movie. yeah like yeah, exactly just having fun with it realizing that this film isn't about uh masculinity yeah <laughs> in fact it was kind of poking fun at it a lot and when do you find when you see films like this you appreciate the actors that can do these kind of roles because i think some people take themselves so seriously that they would never agree to play a role like that Yeah, and you hear these stories like oh i heard this person didn't want to do it because they didn't want to xyz or make them so there's a whole thing i think if i'm correct between like who's the guy from fast and furious vin diesel vin diesel vin diesel didn't want to lose a fight in any of those movies. Oh, but gosh. then you had The Rock come in and he, <laughs> and there was a thing where neither of them in their contracts said they could lose a fight in a movie, but they had to fight. Oh, it's just like so ridiculous because you have this, yeah, your egos. I have a whole, we could do a whole episode on my um, armchair psychologist theories about how celebrities work. Will you wear a sweater vest <laughs> and have a fake pipe? I will pipe. have a pipe. I will have a real nice. pipe. How do you I'll... know I was going to say pipe? Because <laughs> yeah, that just is the image. <laughs> um, but it just seems bananas. But I mean, hopefully you get them like at this stage when they're younger and they're not, they haven't been in a bunch of stuff yet. Hopefully their ego isn't mm-hmm. like jacked up yet, but. Yeah, pretty much almost everyone in this movie is under 30 and including the writers and directors and producers. And I really like that this is the future of cinema that we have with these young people coming in and really telling stories in a very entertaining way. I mean, I would be curious to know what a high school age kid thought of this. But me at my age, I thought it was delightful. Yeah, it was great. I saw it with a bunch of staff of varying ages and... But honestly, the younger staff, too, were losing it. Like, nice. I think they're more connected to that than anyone. Uh-huh. And they were cracking up. And I've, I think uh, Abby, who I work with, I feel like she's seen it four times in the theater already. I would see it again. Yeah, yeah. She's seen it a bunch. She was really into it. But yeah, the, I loved the humor in it because it is it's edgy and it's a little and it's also absurd at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you get these over the top scenes where someone may have died and they handle it very casually. Um but then you also have like very close to home references when they sit around and they're talking about their experiences mm-hmm. and why they need self-defense classes. It's funny because it's like way too close to the bone, but it's also one of those like, can I laugh at this? Yeah. Is that too dark? But that's, you got to have it in movies like this where you go really, you go all the way. Well, and also besides the, you know, they started it for self-defense or to get closer to these cheerleaders. But they mentioned it a couple times, and what really came through the movie is, I forgot exactly the line, but they said, girls in this school do not have a connection, and we're doing oh, this yeah. so we can get to know each other and stay connected and, like, understand each other and have more of a, like, girl power sort of moment, and I feel like that came full circle, too. Yeah. I forgot exactly how they phrased it, but she... No, and that's a great... It's a, like make, adds this nice feeling mm-hmm. underneath all the... On the surface, it's like raunch and violence and, you know, but then you have this like s- kind of sweet undertone of what their motivations are. And it reminds you a little bit of um, of a breakfast club where it's a bunch of different social groups coming together yep. and understanding each other a bit more, you know, that kind of thing. I thought about one of the podcasts that we did previously about summer camps because there was a scene where they were at a diner 
And the name of the diner is called, what's it called? I'm oh, not a diner? Wait. Yes. Yeah, it was, oh, but, but I'm, but I'm, a, but diner. I'm a diner. I noticed that too. And the waitress in the diner's name was Natasha. And it made me think of, but I'm not a cheerleader. Yes. And Natasha Leone was in I'm not a yeah. cheerleader. And I... I think that was purposeful. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. But I'm a diner. But I'm that's a diner. That's the only, when you said uh, you have some Easter eggs, I'm like, I, I, that's the only one I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I'm confident about. Yeah. That was a great nod to that movie. And I bet there's other ones in there. Yeah. I need to rewatch it and just look out for them. That's why that's fun. I mean, I don't know if it's an Easter egg, but that one scene where like all the basketball dudes were sitting down getting ready to receive some bad news or give some good news and it looked like they were in a last supper painting oh yeah (laughs) just like little things like that like who thinks of that fun stuff i know that's great it's the details in these kind of movies especially Mm -hmm. when you're gonna go over the top and these little references these little details the background characters that really you don't want to lose sight of those Mm -hmm. because they really make it is great. Um, bottoms in theaters. Still in theaters. Uh, happens to be at the Oriental Theater. That's where what I a saw coincidence. It. Uh, yeah, it was great. I highly recommend. It's one of the better comedies I've seen in a couple years. We've had Barbie and we've had this one. Those are the two best comedies I've seen this year. Seriously. Yeah. Totes agree. Um, and maybe uh, you guys want to go see the movie? How I want to go. S- I want to start seeing more movies with our Cinebuds followers. I'm yeah. just going to put that out there right now. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun to like, you know, once a quarter announce where we're going to be and like, I'll go see it together. Yeah, that would be fun. We could chat afterwards. That'd be fun. I would like it. So, um, Christopher, what else have you been watching? Oh, well, I'm so happy that you asked. Oh, you know, I just thought I should ask for once. Once in a while, talk about something different. (laughs) Um, TIFF is going on the Toronto International Film Festival, mm. and I am not there. But what? a film that premiered there, I happened to get a little sneak peek of. Um, and it's called Wildcat. Mm-hmm. And it is Ethan Hawke's new film, where he directs his daughter, Maya. Love her. In a movie about Flannery O'Connor, the writer, who I love. Of course, because you love books. I enjoy a book now and again. And I love Flannery O'Connor. We actually had a documentary about her uh, for a member screening a couple years ago. And I got into her a little bit more. And so this is interesting. So this is a, so Maya Hawk plays Flannery Mm O'Connor. And it shows a little bit about her life as she leads up to getting, she had a disease that kind of ended her life early. But within this film about her are all these different all these different segments of her work. So you, she's working on uh, these stories and you see the story played out a little bit in the film. So not only is she playing herself, she's playing a character in her own story. And then you have this cast, which is like Laura Linney, uh, Steve Zahn, uh, Cooper Hoffman, and they play multiple roles in her different stories as well. Ooh. So it's, it's, it's a lot like, uh, Alice in Wonderland, like you were in my dream and you were in my dream. It's it's a really interesting way to show the writer's life, but and then also through her stories at the mm-hmm. same time. I loved it. I really loved it. I heard one criticism of it that it was, they call it acting with a capital A, where it's very almost theatrical. Is that like highbrow I acting? I think so. I think so. And I'm fine with that in this, in this tone because mm-hmm. it did seem melodramatic. It was almost like little plays were happening. But then you had the story about just about Flannery O'Connor, and that 
seemed like a pulled back tone. So I thought it was appropriate for how they did it. But yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, it is at the Toronto Film Festival right now. But when it comes closer, will you make sure you let us know? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Well, I saw something. Um, I don't know if it's acting with a capital A. <laughs> it's the first in a trilogy. Maybe you heard of this 1999 American science fiction horror film called Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, acting with a super lowercase a? <laughs> yeah, with a question mark at the end. I mean, actually, the the cast was pretty great. You had um, Saffron Burroughs, Thomas Jane, Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. Michael Rappaport, a very young Michael Rappaport, and uh, Ladies Love Cool James. They do love Ladies Love Cool James. Um, so yeah, it's He's the a, cook. He is the cook. Oh, you did see oh, this? Oh, I have seen this. Yeah. It was crappy movie pick last sure, night. Yeah. Um, it was a delight for a crappy movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a underground a science movie. lab. Yeah, where they're experimenting on sharks to get a cure for Alzheimer's. So <laughs> you know the um, the thought was there, right? Sure. They were trying to do good things for humanity, sure. but in the process created a super shark with a huge brain, and that shark got smart and wasn't going to take their garbage anymore. I just recently, it's funny that this came up again. I've heard references to Deep Blue Sea what? a lot. Oh, yeah, no. There's references. I mean, I've Stop seen it. it. I've seen the movie, uh-huh. and it is ridiculous, yeah. but it's fun. Mm-hmm. But it gets referenced a lot, actually. LL Cool J wrote, I'm going to cry, I'm going to laugh so hard. LL Cool J wrote a song for the movie. I looked for it because I wanted to play it for Musical Bacon this morning. <laughs> It is deepest bluest. Hilarious. The lyrics, uh, deepest bluest, my hat is like a shark fin. Yes. It's my favorite terrible lyric I've ever heard. I mean, I I love Cool James. Yeah. Like everyone else. Mm -hmm. But that was abysmal <laughs> oh it was so hilarious like we were just dying at the end because we watch it with subtitles so you could see every rap and lyric he was spitting oh, yeah. and it was uh it was like you don't have to necessarily watch the movie if you've got oh, yeah. that cd he just sums it up yeah it's not his best work but it's something that we should all go youtube right now yeah it was pretty great also i have to say the water that ll was um performing in because obviously this Thing, this underground laboratory at some point gets flooded, right? And the sharks are chasing people inside the building. Yeah. What's the bluest water ever? And I'm wondering <laughs> if he had like a, a clause in his contract. Like if I do this and I have to sit in a tank of water. It's got to be the cleanest water ever. It's got to be the cleanest, ever. bluest water ever. Yeah, it's got to be deepest. The deepest. Deepest, bluest. <laughs> and if you are one of those people like Mr. Dory Zori and yeah. you love it, when you hear a line in the movie that is the titular oh, line, yeah, yeah, yeah. you had that in there, but you do have oh, to wait till the end. <laughs> we all That's cheered. what it's like in the deep blue sea, mm-hmm. something like that. There is part two and three. Could a shark have escaped? Maybe. Oh. I'm not quite sure. We were really hoping that LL Cool J would have survived so he could be in the next ones. Yeah. I mean, maybe he did. I don't know yeah. exactly if he would have. Those um, shark chompings were pretty thorough. Yeah. You never can tell. You never can tell. They'll always come up with a way. Shark movies don't uh, go by any rules that we do. So that's fine. Well, that's great. Yeah. So um, Deep Lucy. Yeah. (laughs) If you're into just a good time and uh, some 
some great raps. <laughs> some amazing work from LL Cool J. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Well, we've got a lot of options. So much stuff. Definitely to watch. go see Bottoms in the theater. Please. Wildcat will be out hopefully soon, and uh, Deep Blue Sea is ever present. Streaming now in our hearts and our minds. <laughs> right. LL, I I might have to spend ten bucks to buy that whole album just to get the song that Kim can play us out. Yeah. LL Cool J Kim, play it. Yay. Thanks for listening to this week's Cinebuds. Yeah, we would like to thank some people. Shout out to Kim Shine, our wonderful producer. Yes, and to Nooski, who does our amazing theme song. And we have two sponsors of Cinebuds, oh, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah, Associated Bank, thank you so much. And Eyes on the Lake, Eye Care, and I Wear. And I am wearing their glasses right now. You are, yeah. on top of your head. Currently on top, but I, I usually wear them across my mm. eyes, the <laughs> traditional fashion. <laughs> right. And we couldn't do this without the support of our wonderful members, both from Radio Milwaukee and from Milwaukee Film. We will see you next time. Go out and see a movie in the theater, pals. Yeah, bye. Bye.